Welcome to the Daily Hammer, your daily news source when it comes to the Atlanta Braves as part of the Battery Power Podcast Network. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are, wherever you are listening this fine Friday morning, hope your weekend is getting off to a great start. You can find the Daily Hammer, the Battery Power Podcast, Road to Atlanta Podcast, and the new podcast with Chris Willis and Stephen Tolbert, all at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, across all forms of social media, free on all podcast platforms, wherever you listen, that's where we will be for free. Just hit that subscribe button. Just allows for you to be able to know when the latest content is available for you to enjoy. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me at StatsSAC on Twitter. When it comes to the Braves, here's the latest from Atlanta. So the Braves were coming off a you know, pretty important series against the Mets. They dropped two out of three, which resulted in them being two and a half games back in the NL East. Overall, you know, the Mets just played a very good series. The starting pitching for the Braves was not as effective as it normally had been. And despite using the long ball for a bit of success in game two, the Braves' offense overall was not at the same level that it had been previously. Well, The offense continued its theme from the Mets series, but thankfully the starting pitching production significantly improved on Thursday night. Kyle Wright, as we basically has kind of settled into an expected form when it comes to his outings. Yes, there may be some struggles early on, but Kyle Wright is showing each and every start out now how much he has improved in key areas that have been the defining reasons as to why he is finally putting his potential into production. A bit of an early struggle, giving up a home run to Josh Bell, giving up an extra run uh, to tie the score at 2-2 two to two in the first two innings. Thankfully, home runs from... Um, uh, <laughs> Michael Harris, excuse me, home runs for Michael Harris and Matt Olson later on in the game were able to give the Braves enough of a cushion to eventually win the game 5-4 to four, despite some late innings drama uh, from the bullpen. The point is, though, is that Kyle Wright, he ran into early struggles once again, but he was able to bear down get the the groove that he needed and find the success that he had. And once again, Kyle Wright's ability to produce ground balls continues to be the reason why, even though his strikeout production has, you know, regressed just a bit. He's still averaging nine strikeouts per nine innings. Overall, his ability to produce ground outs, 11 ground outs to only three flyouts last night, that is a key reason not only as to why he's able to limit damage, but also why he's able to overcome not allowing the beginning to occur, overcome early struggles, and find his groove. But even more importantly, in the Mets series, Max Reed, Spencer Strider, and Charlie Morton, none of those three pitchers were able to go more than five innings. Kyle Wright comes back on Thursday night, is able to go seven innings, allowing for the Braves to use A.J. Minter and Kenley Jansen, arguably their two best relievers right now, to seal the win. But despite Kyle Wright's overall ability to to be effective, but also his ability to produce strikeouts at a pretty good rate plus ground outs at a high rate, the ability for him to be able to work deep into games like he's shown the consistency of doing this season, that is a big boost to not only the Braves' rotation, but also the Braves' bullpen. But it wasn't only Kyle Wright who stood out in last night's game. Michael Harris, once again, it's amazing How many occurrences you can go back and look at in the six weeks that Michael Harris has been in the big leagues? You Not only can you go back and look at how many occurrences at the plate he's been a game changer, but also in the field, but how many times he's done it in the same game. 
Michael Harris absolutely made the difference in the game last night. Hitting the two-run homer to allow the Braves to get the lead that they never relinquished, but also preventing the Nationals from tying the game with one of the best throws we've seen from a Braves outfielder in recent memory. The ability for Michael Harris to be able to make big plays in the field as well as the plate, that's what makes him so dynamic to the point that you don't typically expect this type of impact in multiple ways from rookies. So another example of just how special Michael Harris appears to be this early in his career and a big reason why Spencer Strider has some legitimate competition for Rookie of the Year. But the other really exciting thing to see, Matt Olson, his third straight game with the home run. The Braves have now gone four straight games all the games against the Mets and last night against the Nationals, this is the fourth straight game where the Braves have produced their runs off of home runs. 13 home runs uh, produced off, I believe, I want to say either 11, 10 or 11 home runs. I may be wrong, but four straight games of 13 runs all being produced by home runs. While we, while the, you definitely want the Braves offense overall to be performing at a better level, it's great to see that the power of the Braves is playing to its potential, and it's one of the things that will always make this lineup a threat, no matter what situation the offense finds itself in. Over the past few weeks, we've continued to see some updates when it comes to Braves coming back from injury. We've seen, Ty, especially when it comes to the bullpen, we've seen Tyler Matzik return um, over the past few weeks. Kenley Jansen was able to turn or, to return earlier this week, though he struggled a bit you know, in his first save opportunity after coming off the injury list. But another exciting development is that Kirby Yates has now officially been slated to start a rehab assignment. Kirby Yates will, be on, will start a rehab assignment on Saturday likely will take a bit longer than normal when it comes to most rehab assignments because you're looking at a pitcher who, you know, is a bit, you know, in his career, a bit older pitcher coming off a year and a half without pitching due to Tommy John surgery. So the Braves, you know, he had, they had 30 days to work with. So the Braves will give him the ample time that he needs to ramp up and become a part of the bullpen. But without a doubt, you know, though you can't expect for him to immediately return to the all-star level that he's shown in the past, Kirby Yates is more than capable of even after being, you know, away from the game for a year and a half due to Tommy John surgery, he's got more than enough talent, you know, from his past performance to come in and make an impact. Of course, also, you know, the other news we're waiting on is to see what happens with Mike Soroka. It looks like at some point Mike Soroka will get that rehab start or will get that rehab assignment of his own. What does that mean for his potential availability in the second half? That remains to be seen. It'll be interesting to follow. Do I think that Mike Soroka really makes any type of impact or really becomes, you know, relevant to the Braves' plan? this year. I still think that that's a bit far-fetched to expect, but at the end of the day, you'd never want to doubt Soroka as he's come back from two Achilles injuries, and we obviously know the talent that he possesses as well. So again, good positive injury news on the you know arms front for the Braves, and hopefully that will continue to be the case, and we'll be able to add both Kirby Yates and Soroka, and as they continue to work their way back up, you know, this gives more certainty to what Alex Anthopoulos has to work with to potentially see what he'll be able to do at the trade deadline. But the other thing I want to hit on is, is what I talked about in the first segment. The fact that the Braves are continuing to show that even when the offense is struggling, the power potential in this lineup is now at a level, and we're not talking about a fluke, a consistent level that few other teams in the majors can compete with. 
And that means that this Braves offense is never out of a game. We've seen it many times. We saw it many times last year. We saw it many times in 2020. The Braves are consistently able to produce power. And even overall, where they've struggled like they have over the past four games to, you know, convert run scoring opportunities or consistently get hits, they still are able to produce runs to be able to win ball games. And the numbers show it as well. For instance, the Braves have Matt Olson and Austin Riley are third and fourth in the majors in extra base hits so far this season. The Braves are one of only four teams that have six or more players with 25 extra base hits in the majors this season. They're one of only two teams that have seven players, at least seven players, with 10 or more home runs. Only the Rangers are the other team that have seven players with 10 or more home runs. And the more exciting factor is this. The Braves are second in the majors right now in home runs to the Yankees, but the Braves have produced 50 more total bases than any other major league team this season. So the point that I'm making is, is that even when the offense is not performing at the level that we all know it is capable of, against good teams, the Braves are probably going to struggle if they're not combining hitting for power along with creating and converting run scoring opportunities. But the Braves have an ability that not a whole lot of other teams have, that even if the offense as a whole is struggling, this Braves offense can still win games by by relying on the long ball. And while you may not feel that's the best philosophy, at the rate that the Braves do it, it's a good aspect of an offense to have. And then consider this. You've not really seen the power surge that we know Adam Duvall is capable of so far this season. We've been without Ozzie Albies. You ha- when he was playing this year, he struggled. You really didn't get the extra base production from him. And we know that he's one of the best sources of extra base hits in the National League over the past few years. Eddie Rosario has been out with an injury, but it seems as if the correction to his eyes is making progress in his game as he's looked productive at the plate. Most importantly, you really haven't seen Ronald Acuna Jr. at his best as well. So we truly have have not seen the best version of this Braves lineup so far. Despite Dansby Swanson and Austin Riley turning into MVP candidates so far this year and uh, Matt Olson starting to heat up as the summer progresses. That's what's most exciting about this Braves lineup. So the hope is, is that even with how good the power production has been over the past six weeks, it potentially can get even better in the second half. But before we focus on the second half, before we focus on the All-Star game, obviously the Braves have three more games to close out the first half with the Nationals. And tonight it's going to be an interesting pitching matchup. Ian Anderson on the mound. He's been a bit better over his past few starts. He will be on the mound for the Braves going against Patrick Corbin of the Nationals. Once again, the Braves facing against the Southpaw, facing off against the Southpaw, even with one that has had past success like Patrick Corbin, we know that the Braves have hit him well at times in the recent past. We know how well the Braves have produced against Southpaws this season. Hopefully they'll be able to put it together and get the job done for 
the offense to give Ian Anderson some early run support for him to work with to be able to have some early success on the mound tonight. Every win that the Braves get to end the first half just allows for them to stay with the Mets or even potentially gain more ground. The Mets have three more games with the Cubs after winning their game last night. While it's far too early to be watching the scoreboards when it comes to a division matchup, especially with how many games the Braves and Mets have left to face off against this season, every little bit helps. So if the Braves offense can continue to produce as it has and maybe even get a little bit better, they should be able to put themselves in a good position come next week in the all-star break. Make sure that you stay tuned to the Battery Power Podcast Network. So much going on. We'll have all coverage of the Braves at the All-Star Game over the next few days, or in the next several days. Also, obviously, on Sunday, we will have complete coverage due to from the Road to Atlanta crew when it comes to the Braves. Now a bit more exciting setup for the 2022 MLB draft after you know getting the 35th pick from the Royals in a trade earlier this week. All the coverage from that will be available to you via the Battery Power Podcast Network, which you can find at BatteryPower.com, at BatteryPowerSBN, and on any podcast platform you listen to. Wherever you listen, that's where we will be for free. Just hit that subscribe button. My name's Sean Coleman. Go Braves! We'll talk to you again soon here on the Daily Hammer. (laughs) 